literally picking up the phone or dropping by and seeing who their administrator is or the owner is and introducing yourself and say and let them know what you're envisioning for yourself and what you may be able to provide them and just start making those connections because you may not get it on the first interaction with these people but starting to make a relationship and asking them about their business and seeing what their needs may be that's how you get into being a healthcare provider for different places like cheerleading gyms or gymnastics gyms we like to create stories in our head about how hard something should be in order for us to succeed and it doesn't really have to be that hard you just have to go in being yourself and saying that you want to provide services for someone and help them out and ask them how you can do that and people are pretty perceptive to having someone help them if they need it So let me talk to you guys really quickly before the episode begins. If you are growing a brand, if you are owning a business, running a business, if you are anywhere in the entrepreneurial space, you understand that the future is online. The big problem that a lot of brand owners, a lot of business owners, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of healthcare entrepreneurs are finding, they have to be able to figure out a lot of their marketing, right? The sales process, they have to be able to figure out their SEO stuff. They have to be able to figure out a ton of stuff when it comes to online marketing, and they may not have the bandwidth nor the resources to do that. So why am I telling you guys about this today? On January 16th, 2021, it's a Saturday. Carl and myself are holding a masterclass about online marketing. Now, here's the kicker. We currently run a digital agency firm and we've you know, seen a lot of success, but we understand that a lot of our clients had to pay top dollar. A lot of people have to pay the top dollar to be able to get a lot of these services and it may not be available for everybody. So what we decided to do is put together this masterclass where we're literally going to give everything. This is not that 10%. This is not 20% of the information that you need. We're giving you 100% of information, whether it comes to Facebook ads, Google ads, SEO, funnels, sales, being able to make sure that your stuff doesn't get banned, being able to make sure like, you know, going through how do things get viral? How do things catch on? We're going to give you all the secrets for the low price. Get this for the low price of only $297. That's it. Only $297 at the time of this episode. So just because I mentioned that price, even though I know it's going to go up later, but if you are listening to this right now, you can go onto the website and sign up, right? So the website is otcupodcast.com backslash OMS, right? otcupodcast.com backslash OMS. Or you can click the link down in the show notes below, or you can message us on Instagram to get the link, or you can text us. You can text us at 321-384-6275. That is 321-384-6275. Text the letters OMS and we'll make sure we get you the link. Listen, you do not want to miss this. This is going to be the event of January. This is going to be the ticket to, you know, your online marketing lessons that you need when you start the new year. Don't let now be the time where you let your business start to falter because you're not catching up with everybody else. The future is online, online and so are you. Text us at 321-384-6275. We'll send you the link. Get signed up today. We have a limited amount of seats. When I say limited, I mean limited. Once they're filled, they are filled. So get signed up. We'll see you in there soon. We are not telling you to quit your job. Here at Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast, 
we are teaching you exactly how to gain your freedom as a healthcare professional in places that school never taught you. This is OTC University, and class is in session. Welcome to another edition of Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneur Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Mr. Carl Bourne Jr., and I'm joined by my main man, Mr. Paulo Ching. Paul, say what's up to the people. What up, my people? How y'all doing? I'm going to keep it short today. What up? Short and sweet. I like it. I like it. So, without further ado, as always, you know we love to treat you guys to special guests. We love to bring you guests that can give you value, show you how to be able to build your own brand, your own business, turn an idea into some money. Who doesn't love money, you know? So again, this is another special guest from our physical therapy realm that we have for you. So without further ado, I would like to go ahead and introduce the lovely Dr. Lena Ebron, who is also the owner of PEP Physical Therapy. Talk to us. How you feeling? Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I am feeling good today. I love the energy already. Let's get it. So we like to be respectful of your time. Let's dive right into it and tell us why did you choose to pursue physical therapy? So I started out as a cheerleader in high school and I tore both of my ACLs. And I, life was devastating after not being able to cheerlead. And I ended up having this amazing physical therapist the second time I tore my ACL. And she was bubbly. She just popped around the clinic and just had this care about her when dealing with patients. And I'm like, I'm going to do what she does one day. And ever since then, I have pursued physical therapy. And this is definitely the profession for me. And I love working with patients. And so that's what led me to physical therapy. All right, real quick before we go deep, I like a good story. So I have to ask, I noticed you said the second time you tore your ACL. <laughs> so we need, we need answers. We need answers. How, how did that, first of all, how did it happen? Yes. And what allowed you to even make it into a second time and even even as a deeper question too let me ask this like what was your PT like the first time around if you don't mind sharing sure so I was a competitive cheerleader so not only did I cheer on the sidelines but I cheered on the mats and on those big stages that you see on ESPN so I was a power tumbler so the first time I tore my ACL I didn't quite complete the turn on a landing and it just went out. I had a year of recovery, um, had physical therapy that time, taking me through all the exercises. I was just released to go back to tumbling a year later, and I tore the other one on a simple back handspring. Do you all know what that is? A back handspring? I'm well versed, please. I am, I'm well versed <laughs> in the world of oh. gymnastics. Well, you can educate me because I don't know. Educate him. <laughs> uh, so back handspring is when you push off your feet going backwards and you land on your hands and then you push off your hands to land back onto your feet. So 
at that point, I guess my body was overcompensating, probably didn't have some of the best reaction times quite yet. And then I tore my other ACL and it was devastating to miss the pom-poms and the activities of the cheerleading realm again. So. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit more about your journey from when you finished school up until where you are now, because I think it's, I think it's very important to be able to give, you know, the, the SPTs that are listening or just any healthcare professional or any entrepreneur listening that's thinking, I want to be able to do something of my own, kind of what that transition looked like for you. So sure. what, what would you say were the biggest growing pains that you kind of had to undergo before you got your own thing started? Sure. So as a physical therapist, you get finished with school, you get hired on for your first job, you have all the excitement in the world to get paid for the thing that you love doing. So you start working and then for me, I started realizing there is a huge grind in physical therapy at times where you were just seeing patient after patient after patient. And at times it may make you feel like you're not able to spend enough time with that patient and feel like you're giving them the quality care that they need. And so after several years of that kind of experience, I knew I wanted to get back into the world of cheerleading and gymnastics, tumbling, um, stunting, but I also wanted to bring my expertise from the physical therapy aspect of things. So I ended up quitting my job at a big physical therapy clinic and business that's nationwide and took some time to really contemplate on the values that I want in my life which the values I have are freedom and integrity. So I try to do all things with those values in mind and having a practice that embodies that is what I wanted. So I ended up working part-time at a hospital neurologic outpatient clinic in order to pay my bills. And then I ended up getting a business coach to coach me to, through some of those beginning parts of owning a business and starting something and, and putting yourself into a business. And I did that part-time. And so that's how I, I got to having my own business where I feel I can bring freedom, flexibility, and my own integrity into my business and spend some quality time with patients and make them feel heard and listened to. Okay. Um, now you're moving a little too fast. So I really want to, I really want to dig, dig into this. Okay. Cause you mentioned, um, two things. One had a lot to do with the mentality of what you understood that you wanted. And then two was the awareness of what you needed to do to get to where you are today. Okay. So let's, let's go, let's go into it a little bit. So first, like just the mentality um, portion of it. I know so many people, especially in PT, like they come out of school, like you said, excited, so excited and really quickly, you know, it's just like, what do they call it? What's the academic term? Burnout. Burnout. That burnout hits. And you're just like, all right, this definitely is not what I went to school for. It wasn't like this in clinicals. And now it's like, what's up? So one, mentality. What, what does it take for, especially for the health entrepreneur, right? You realize 
I'm now at a crossroads where I either continue to do what I've been doing and be miserable or start to choose the path that's going to let me live the life that you wanted. You said the freedom that you wanted, right? Having those principles set in your life and ultimately in your business. What does it take for somebody to even be aware that they're at that crossroad and what mentality is required of somebody to take that road less traveled and to choose to go the scary route and do what they needed to do? That's question number one. So I feel like the first step is identifying that you may be having a mismatch between your work life and home life and the values that you carry there. Are they being honored in both places? And if you start to feel that your values are not being honored in both places, I think that can lead someone to start investigating where they may not be choosing their values at work as well as in their personal life. Um, and so that would be the first part to start identifying those, those things that you may not be carrying over between the two. And then from there, asking yourself, how can I start incorporating these into my career and into my, my work life and what might need to change for those things to happen? Perfect. So that goes straight into question number two, which dealt with like the awareness of what you needed to do. And part of that includes, like you mentioned, you got a business coach. So I am a proponent of there's no use in trying to reinvent something that's already been done before. And you might as well have somebody walk you through what you need to do versus go hitting every road, like trying to figure it out on your own. Right. Correct. So with that being said, let's talk about like what, what you were been, what your, where your mind was when you, when you figured out, okay, I need a business coach to figure this out. Right. I know a lot of people, this is what, you know, this is why I get a lot of flack from people and I know PT schools out there have a vendetta against me for saying stuff like this, but <laughs> PT school does not teach you how to run a business. I don't care what anybody says. Correct. I do not care what anybody says. It does not teach you how to run a business. And for so many people, they're fed that you need to have experience in this and that for so long as if you're going to magically pick it up along the way to having that experience. So for you, you realized, okay, I need somebody to walk me through this. Where was your mind at? And why did you actually choose to do that and get that, make that investment in yourself? So when I started, my mind was at a stopping point. I had nowhere else to go, didn't know what to do. I had someone refer me to a colleague who had started their own business and hadn't quite even really stepped out into the business coaching sector yet. But I was like, if I can ask her how she started and see you know, just get some ideas from her, maybe then I could figure that out. So I, I realized that getting someone who's been there, done that can help show you the way so that you're not spinning your wheels and wasting your time on things that are not necessary and things that don't align with how you want your career to be your unique career, instead of like you said, coming out of school and having just sort of this cookie cutter path that most PTs take and realizing that's not quite what I saw for myself or where I feel that I need to go based on the qualities and the values that I have in life and the goals that I have for the next several years or for your career. So I want to kind of dive a little bit into just the business aspect of things just because I feel like 
there's people that are going to be listening and they're, they're going to want to know more of kind of like the logistical side of things. And so the question that I kind of have for you, and I don't know how in depth you can go with it, you know, but as much as you can, what does it look like for someone being able to build the capital to start your own clinic? And how do you kind of decipher once you build that capital where you really allocate your funds to? Sure. So I'm actually a mobile PT, so I don't actually have a clinic yet. So that's for me was an easy way to start to where it would be manageable with the amount of money that I could put into something like this, still be able to work and pay my bills. So taking equipment with me and getting the things that I have already and using that as I build up the capital to probably rent a space from someone or rent time from someone. Um, and then going from there into something a little bit larger as to owning my own space. So finding out what you're able to do with the money that you have or do with the money you're able to get loaned to you and starting small instead of thinking on the scale of, I have to have all these things right when I start my business. So thinking about what do I already have? What do I already know? How much can I work with the money that I have? in order to grow my business to something bigger. That's huge. I also love the fact that you, the qualities of principles that you have actually fit having a mobile PT practice, yeah. right? How does one, and I ask this because I know a lot of people coming out of school specifically have this notion that if they want to start their business. They need to basically be at a competitive level as like some business that's been around for, I don't know how long these businesses have been around. What is something to be thinking about, especially as they're about to come out of school, right? Because a lot of people usually have that thought pop up at some point. At some point, I'm convinced every single student in PT school has thought to themselves, I wonder if I could do this on my own. Right. So there is something called the comparison trap that we see a lot of shiny things out there when we come out of PT school. People who put all the best things on social media, on their websites, on those type of platforms. And you don't really see all the things that it took to get to that point. So realizing there was some other things before all the stuff online and what you're just seeing as a snapshot and being able to, to realize that you can start small and you don't have to have all the bells and the whistles in order to get the same amount of quality, ideal clients in your, in your business. It's more about what you're bringing to the table instead of what you're seeing and what everyone else is seeing. People are going to come to you for how you treat them and how you make them feel as opposed to being a huge group or practice or have a huge space or have a huge following on social media, that doesn't always equate to having a successful business. So making sure that you catch yourself in that comparing what you may be doing to what someone else has been doing and also taking into account where they might've started and what you're seeing right now may be totally different. So Lena, I want to kind of backtrack just a little bit, just for people who are listening and they're like, mobile PT. What in the world is that? So could you just kind of elaborate a little bit more for, you know, the people who aren't sure what that is and talk to us a little bit too about 
in terms of mobile PT, what would you say are some pros and cons to that? Sure. So mobile PT, so not only do I work with cheerleaders and gymnasts, I also work with people with scoliosis. So scoliosis is um, a condition where there's a curvature in the spine. And so when you have a mobile PT business, that means you can bring like a treatment table, some equipment, all your measuring apparatuses and outcome measures with you to a client's home and treat them within their home. The other option with a mobile PT business is so having a space within a cheerleading gym or within a gymnastics gym where you have space to do screening of patients or clients, athletes, or doing actual treatment in those facilities. So you bring your stuff with you to wherever your client may be. Let's um, talk a little bit about, and this is why I want to like kind of generalize it a little more. That's cool. Um, Because I really want our people to start thinking deeply about the ins and outs, right? The ins and outs of marketing specifically and getting new patients, right? So as Carl and I can tell you, and as as you can tell us, and as all businesses can can, 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 um, testify to is you never actually think about the process of a business existing, right? Um, Every day we all drive by, walk by businesses and somebody has to be doing something to get more people to come inside the door. Correct. And, And that process, you know, every day I see why there's whole, you know, departments dedicated to that sole thing. So when it comes to marketing for you and what that looks like and what I, reason why I'm asking it is I want you to be able to share like as deep as you can go, um, what it looks like for the overall process of like deciding you want to go get new patients, what you decide to offer, how you go about it. Cause I know different people have different processes. So what does like yours look like? You don't have to tell us trade secrets, but what does yours look like in relation to just getting more people inside the door? Well, I guess into their door. Sure. So one of the main ways that I do marketing is just connecting with people. So telling people, friends, coworkers, people in line at the coffee shop, what I like to do and what my passions are. So that is free marketing right there. Making warm connections with people out in the community who they may be like, oh, I know so-and-so, they might need your services. That is how you can, as a small business, start to market without having to spend a whole bunch of capital. Now, You can also do social media, but there have been studies shown that that doesn't bring all the patients into your clinic. So it's more about making those connections out and about in the community. And that's how people will refer people to your clinic or to your business. And another way you can also do marketing is making warm connections by visiting doctor's offices which with COVID going on right now isn't as conducive as it used to be, but picking up a phone, making a phone call, leaving a message for doctors or for people who may have similar businesses and getting referrals from other practitioners within the PT spectrum as well, who may not have the same specialty. So emailing them and reaching out to them by phone or email 
that is another way to make these warm connections where people know what you're doing and you might pop into their mind as they're talking to one of their clients or one of their friends. And that's how you can get people coming to your business when you're just starting up and have a smaller, maybe capital available for your spending. So you're not spending a whole bunch of money on someone else to do your marketing who may not know exactly all of your ins and outs of your business and your values and how that may bring someone to connect with you to say, yeah, that's the person I want to work with. I, li I like that. Um, and I think it's really important, you know, just because a lot of times whenever someone thinks about starting their own clinic or just, just from the physical therapy aspect, I'll say, you know, they never really stop to talk about the outreach and the other things like that, that are involved in that. And it's a, very big part of it because essentially if you don't do those things you don't have business you know so um i'm so glad that paul asked that question because that's a very critical component that i think is missing a lot of times whenever someone's trying to start their own clinic uh the question that i kind of want to move into now is just in terms of what you've been able to build for yourself so far what do you envision have physical therapy being like within the next like five years or so? Sure. So as I said, I'm starting off small. I'm working part-time in my business and I'm hoping to grow it to where I can have my own space dedicated to my clientele and also working within cheerleading or gymnastics gyms. I also in the next five years are hoping to branch out into yoga because with scoliosis a lot of people like to do yoga to help their body feel better but there's certain things that you can't do or should avoid with that and there's not a lot of people out there teaching that so I really want to be able to bring that to people who enjoy connecting their mind and their body in that way to exercise but do it safely for that population. So I envision my business at some point having that component in it, either where I have space for that, or if I go in and provide that as a contractor for bigger companies who may need something like that. So that's where I see myself in five years, really being able to give back to people in the scoliosis community, and also being able to help people in the gymnastics and cheerleading orthopedic world, as you may say, as on that side as well. And that just keeps me still interested in, and keeps me participating within the sport that I've grown up loving for so long. So that's how I see the next five years going for me, is just getting a little bit more space, being able to serve more people, um, but just growing on my own terms as well, and at, at my own pace, and remembering not to get uh, caught up in that comparison trap and seeing what everyone else is doing and just really feel what feels good within my heart for my business. Okay. And that's dope, by the way, first of all, I trying to provide that. Um, okay. So now we're going to kind of transition a little bit okay. and uh, we're going to do what I'm just going to call, let's go to business school real quick. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a series of questions and uh, I want them to focus on being able to get somebody to be where you are today. Is that okay? Sure. So, what I want to talk about is the business of providing healthcare in a gymnastic setting and in like a you know, competitive cheerleading setting. First of all, how does somebody get into that? How does someone get into providing healthcare for cheerleaders and gymnasts? 
Right. Because I wouldn't even know, like, do I just pull up into some club and say, yo, y'all need a PT? <laughs> or like, okay. That's exactly how you can do it. And that's exactly what I've been doing. <laughs> okay. So exactly. That's where you make those warm connections. So literally picking up the phone or dropping by and seeing who their administrator is or the owner is and introducing yourself and say and let them know what you're envisioning for yourself and what you may be able to provide them and just start making those connections because you may not get it on the first interaction with these people but starting to make a relationship and asking them about their business and seeing what their needs may be that's how you get into being a healthcare provider for different places like cheerleading gyms or gymnastics gyms you know it's crazy i think as um we continue to transition in business and in the business world I've noticed something as simple as that seems to be the hardest thing in the world. Yes. Yes. People actually never think like there has to be some complicated process to being able to secure a new client or get a new deal. Like you have to jump 10,000 hoops like you saw on TV. Meanwhile, you just need to walk in and say, Hey, this is what I do. This is who I do it with. What's up? That is exactly right. It's pretty simple. And we like to create stories in our head about how hard something should be in order for us to succeed. And it doesn't really have to be that hard. You just have to go in being yourself and saying that you want to provide services for someone and help them out and ask them how you can do that. And people are pretty perceptive to having someone help them if they need it. Okay. Now, in relation to providing healthcare and gymnastics specifically, right? So the reason why I ask it is because usually when I hear about especially sports PTs, it's like, some professional team or the Olympics. And we never really think about like, unless you're secretly an Olympic PT as well. um, We never really think about the fact that a lot of those athletes too have to come from like somewhere, right? Be it a club, be it a school. So you've gone in, you said, Hey, my name is such and such. This is what I do. Um, This is how I provide it to what's the next step. How do you actually then get somebody to say yes allowing you to be the provider so to get them to say yes may take a couple more connections than just the first connection and following up and asking having a specific ask in mind so you may not get the whole being the healthcare provider for the whole facility or for all the participants at the place at once maybe start small and say do you mind if I set up a table in the front here and have a screen where I screen the athletes to see if there's any deficits going on? And then that way you can let them know, okay, these are the things that I've seen in several athletes here. This is what I do for these athletes. I would be more than happy to work with some of your athletes and show you what I can do. And then from there, you can let them see how you may be able to help get their athletes at the top level of their performance and that would lead to you getting more clients within that facility. If that doesn't work, then go to someplace else and do the same kind of thing where you just set up something where you do a screen where you don't have to have anyone sign something to give all of their healthcare information to you, but you can just do some easy functional movement screens and then tell them what you can provide in order to make that athlete better. And usually their parents want to have them at their top shape. They want to be at their top performance and that's how you can get your foot in the door and actually start seeing clients from there. So Lena, 
the question that I want to ask you now, just from a standpoint, and I think this will be helpful for, again, you know, anyone who's interested in, in going into this specific niche of PT. How do you, so let's say now we've, we've built the relationship, you know, we've, we've kind of nourished that at this point. Now there's a mutual understanding that I'm going to be your PT. I'm going to help you. What does it look like for you in terms of figuring out how you're going to price different clients? Sure. Is there insurance involved? Is it strictly cash-based? What does that look like? So it could be either one or it could be, it, it could be what, you, what you choose to do. So for me, I chose to not have to deal with insurance because that could be a little bit time-consuming. And so I do a cash-based system. So after that, you want to see what is on the market as the prices of physical therapy care go. So taking a poll as to what other either mobile PTs are charging or what cash-based PTs are charging within your area. And you want to keep pretty level with that because you don't want to undercharge for your services because you're a new PT, because that also can just bring down the, the whole system of what's already there for PT uh, cash-based, uh, excuse me, cash-based PTs. So you want to be on par with what everyone else is charging. And you also want to make sure in the market that if someone's underpricing their services, that they're just not getting all of these clients going to them just because they're cheaper, but are they really that person's best clinician to treat them? Or should they be going to someone else who has more expertise in that area? That's real. Um, especially, first of all, shout out to all my cash PTs. We love y'all. Um, no, that's real because I think, and I'm glad Carl asked that question because we need to transition into the money conversation, right? Because a business sole purpose needs to make money. And so Correct. many people are scared <laughs> to even admit that's the whole purpose of a business existing, to exchange a service for some cash. So let's talk the money game a little bit, right? I know so many people, like I literally know so many people when they come into thinking about this, and I'm, you know, I'm thinking it from the perspective of a lot of my friends just graduated PT school, right? They just graduated PT school. And I've been preaching for like months, start your business, start your business. I'll tell you what to do, blah, blah, blah. Right. But, you know, I do think that there's a disconnect partly because maybe because we're so close where people just tend to do that kooky thing where it's like, oh, yeah, nah, I'm not going to take advice for you. We're too close. But I'm like, whatever, that's your business. But when it comes to talking about money and it comes to talking about what it's going to cost for your business to exist. OK. One how do you go about ensuring that each month and I ask it, you know, from the perspective of in our business in the, in my PT business, we have a spreadsheet and like every month I know exactly how much it's going to cost for the business to exist alone. No profit, just like the bare minimum, everything's paid. I know what it's going to cost. Right. And then we make decisions based on, you know, that and a few other factors. So how do you make your decisions based on just the existence of your business money wise? And then two, if you do decide, okay, I want to ch change up my pricing or I want to change up, you know, the kind of service I provide, is that, does that affect 
how much you charge or like what you charge is what you charge. It costs what it costs and we move forward. How do you go about that? So for me, I, I do things a little bit differently. Um, I don't have any other employees right now. It's just me and I tailor my business again to those two core values of freedom and integrity. So I start by making a plan for the quarter, a plan for the year as to what I want to do as my personal life, vacations, family time. Then I go into putting in my part-time work. So how much am I going to get for my part-time work that I'm doing now? Then I go to my business and it may be a little bit different for other people who their business may be their sole income. So you may have to do that court calculation based on your numbers that you're going to bring in from that. But I start with that uh, freedom aspect of things, uh, vacations, family time. Then I put in my work time and then I put in what I'm going to be doing for my business and what I would have to make in order to reach the goals I have for my business. So I set a goal for the quarter, the month, the week, and then I, I see what it would take for me to make X amount of money within the year. So that's usually how I plan. And if things change, like with COVID, I just go with the flow and then make a new plan as to how do I still keep the freedom I want within my week? Also be able to treat patients at the same time and make some money and then grow my business to the next quarter in the next year. Does that answer that question? Okay. I'm still getting the hang of, of the planning and getting the finances together mm-hmm. because that's not my sole base income. It okay. is side income. So mm-hmm. it's different for people that this will be their base income. You need to calculate what you need to make in order for yourself to live on and then break that down to each quarter, each month and each week and how many patients and how many clients you need to see. And from there, you can project as to how much you're going to be able to spend for different services you need within your business. Like if you need to pay for rent, if you need to pay for computer services, and then incorporate that into your whole year plan as to how much you need to make to cover all of that and your expenses. And then that's how you can go about deciding how many patients you need to see. And again, looking at the market and what other people are charging for their services and go based off of that. Perfect. No, that helps out a lot. You know, I I think a lot of times we try and and shy away from the money conversation, but it doesn't do anything but put you at a disadvantage to be able to know, you know, what are the components of business that you need to really focus on, you know, especially for the new grads that are listening and, and for the SPTs, you know, whether it be first year, second year, third year, this is all stuff that is very applicable to being able to get out of school and start your own business, essentially. And the other thing I wanted to mention is when it comes to money, we all have our own money stories that we bring with us from our families, our own understanding of money. So when you come into your business, it's good to recognize if you have some of these money stories behind either your spending, your non-spending, what's necessary, what's not necessary, really looking into some of your own thoughts about that and 
actually learning how to get past some of those things. Some people are really big savers and they are not going to buy anything at all. And so if you're doing that within your business, you may not be able to get to the next level if you're not stepping out and buying certain quality things that you may need that are a little bit more expensive because these money stories that you have within your own personal life and it spills over into your business aspect of things. So learning some of your money stories can help you plan as to how you can spend and save for your business and where you're spending and saving in your business. Perfect. Lena, honestly, I couldn't think of a better way to, to wrap up right there. That was, that was spot on. No, seriously. Um, okay. <laughs> let me, let me say, first off, thank you, you know, for making the time to come on here and be able to talk to us about what you do and provide value to our listeners as well. We greatly appreciate it for anyone that's listening. And this is their first time hearing about what it looks like to get into your specific niche of PT and they're interested in, in reaching out. What would be some social media or just some contact information that you would want to leave with them? Sure. So I am on Facebook and Instagram on Instagram. You can find me at Lena Ebron PT and then on Facebook, same thing. It's Dr. Lena Ebron PT. And my website is lenaebronpt.com. So those are some places where you can find me and connect. That's, that's perfect. Paul, you know what else? <laughs> you know what else is perfect? Uh, All right, shout out to y'all for real. You know what else is perfect, though? These T-shirts, they are phenomenal. We keep talking to y'all about them. We got the hey. physical therapist ones on right now. We have the nurse. We have the... MDs, we have the health, mental health therapists, we have the nurse anesthetists, we have anesthesia joints, we have them all. Y'all, listen, text the word shirt to 321-384-6275. Again, that is 321-384-6275 to get your shirt. If you have not gotten it yet when it was free, I am sorry, but that time has come to pass. So now you just got to get it. But listen, they're still fire. I got the gray one on today. Carl has a black one on today. We got the black. As always, if you want a specific color, holla at us. You got to text us, though. You can't just assume we're going to put it on the website because we won't. Um, text us. We'll talk to you about that. We'll see if we can help you out. If you have any suggestions about a profession in healthcare that you want on there as well, um, text that to us as well. This is our number. We do text back, literally. We actually, it's not one of those promo. We text back. But you got to text us so we can have a conversation as well, like normal people. Um, but yeah, get the shirt. We got the gray. We got the black. We have the white. I'm off the clock always. And that's the life we're trying to live. Thank you, Paul, for that wonderful segue. Um, no, but for real, y'all stop playing and go get your shirts. You had the chance when it was free, but now that time has passed. It's okay. You're still dope shirts. So go get you one. To our lovely listeners, we appreciate you. We love you. Thank you for rocking with us for so long. If you got some value from this episode, hit Lena up. Tell her how much you enjoyed hearing from her. Tell her how awesome you think the episode was. And don't forget, please, leave us a five-star review. Heck, leave us a one-star review, two-star review. As long as you leave a review, we're good with that. Subscribe. 
share, all the above. Get your shirt. Until next time, peace, many blessings. Thank you for listening to another episode of Off the Clock. This episode was brought to you by the Accepted System. The Accepted System is a program that helps pre-physical therapy students get into physical therapy school without wasting time or money. Most pre-PT students go on to spend hundreds of dollars applying to multiple DPT programs, with the majority of them having less than 40% confidence that they will actually get accepted that cycle. You have been taught that regardless of all the work you put into applying, you really do not have much control over your acceptance into PT school. The truth is, you actually do. You can find help at www.preptgrindotc.com. This episode was also brought to you by Physio Memes. Physio Memes helps PT businesses to increase their referrals through word of mouth marketing by growing their brand with an online store. Physio Memes. Thank you for listening. Don't be shy to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. See you next episode.